0: From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries.
1: Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. As part of our special report on workforce development in the trucking industry, we'll spend these next episodes speaking with industry professionals about the people, issues, and trends that define its workforce. In this episode, we're delving into the search for technicians. What are training facilities doing to bring new technicians into the workforce? And what are fleets doing to help prepare and attract that talent to join the changing workforce environment? We'll set out to answer those questions in this episode. To learn more about the technician landscape, we'll speak with Ken Boyer. Dean of the Auto Diesel Institute and Diesel Services Program Director at Baker College in Owasso, Michigan. But first, we're going to learn more about this from the fleet side with our first guest, Ralph Romero, Vice President of Talent Management at US Express. Welcome to the show, Ralph. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Uh, One of the things I would like to do in our special series is I just want you to, to explain the role. That you have as Vice President of
2: Talent Management
1: with US Express. What does that entail and what's the main objective?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So again, as, as Vice President of, of Talent Management at US Express, and again, I'll give real quick background on US Express for those that may not be familiar with us, but uh, we're one of the nation's largest asset-based trucking companies, including being a top 10 provider for dedicated contract services. But whether you're asking me or you're asking another leader in our organization, our most important asset isn't necessarily our tractors and trailers. And again, you may be thinking, "Oh, that's because Ralph's the VP of Talent Management. He's saying this." But I wholeheartedly believe it is. It's it's our people. It is the collective brain power that the solutions we're able to provide to our customers and uh, to our drivers uh, help us deliver some unique solutions. Again, I just get the privilege of of leading the talent management organization within U.S. Express and. That includes employee development, organizational development, people analytics, our HR business partner team, uh, as well as talent acquisition.
1: In, in your position and acquiring talent, what does it take to be a diesel technician for a fleet? More specifically, U.S. Express.
2: Yeah, and I think that's a great question, um, and I would say, right, U.S. Express didn't necessarily hire me because I have uh, I'm a maintenance professional or I'm a driver professional, but it was more from the perspective of. How do you build a culture and partner with the subject matter experts? And I I say that because it's important to to note that my team and in in trying to attract the right talent for our organization, there's a lot of collaboration that we have with our business units. And in this case that we're talking technicians with our maintenance department, Uh, we have a fantastic relationship with them and we work closely with them to understand the, uh, the nuances to the job, and there are a lot, right? There are different positions within the organization. If you're just talking technicians, right, we have three, four different uh, unique positions for for technicians and uh, unique for different areas uh, within the United States, depending on the type of equipment uh, that's running through those lanes in those areas. So, um, you know, th- those things through job analysis and through some other techniques that we use with partnering with maintenance, we're, we're able to identify what what those critical knowledge, skills and abilities that are necessary for a tech one or tech two or tech three or lead tech uh, within our shops. And I think going through that process with with the business has has provided some some pretty good output, whether that's those coming in that um, are maybe new to the industry or, or those that have experience that also help us balance out our, our talent mix.
1: Let's explore that, that balance into a little more detail. Um, What are some of the issues within that in in finding the right diesel tech? Are there some underlying issues that you find in in all cases, or is it just kind of a a unique type of a challenge?
2: So if if you were talking to the maintenance department, which I do frequently, um, they're going to say that they're unique and you're going to think unique because right, the way they spec our equipment is going to be unique to what U S express deems as appropriate for the fleet and uh, the lanes that we're running. So, when you think about the way we're specing the equipment, that's also going to determine um, how we're also going to service the equipment, the intervals um, and the type of techniques that they're gonna use on that particular equipment. So while we may be able to pull um, or attract talent, maybe from other other carriers, maybe they expect their equipment a little bit differently. So still there's probably some, um, some gaps that need to be closed by um, our lead techs. And if we're acquiring, let's say directly from tech schools, right? Um, There are certain things that they work on based off of their curriculum and there are certain tech schools that we try to partner with to to get uh, their talent as aligned uh, as possible uh, with kind of our needs and our equipment needs that that does help close that gap a little bit. One of those programs is our internship program that we have with technicians. Um, I want to say that's probably been over the last 12 to 18 months a, a great addition to our, our talent mix for, for the shop. And again, I think that goes largely in part of right, us partnering with maintenance, them having the dialogue, us kind of helping them build the platform necessary for these interns to come on. Uh, I would say 100% of the interns that we've had converted, um, they've actually converted a full-time employee. So uh, with a retention rate of about 91%. And in terms of our internship program, it's typically about three months, but we are flexible at times. We've extended those internships in certain situations and I think what we've heard out of our internships is that they really get some true hands-on experience, right? It's not necessarily I'm just shadowing or they have me on a computer, right? They, they can do those things at the tech school. It's about how do I truly get hands-on experience? And, of course, that's with one of our lead technicians that's kind of walking them through it step-by-step, which I think is what has lended to the Interns wanting to convert to full-time employees with U.S. Express, and it's been it's been great. It's been great for the intern. It's been great for the business. ninety-one
1: percent retention rate. That's that's pretty high and pretty impressive.
2: Mm-hmm, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Transforce Group is your one-stop shop for carrier solutions, from driver development to carrier business needs. We are the number one choice to keep trucking firms on a path to growth. We offer innovative solutions in compliance and safety, digital recruiting, employment solutions such as driver and mechanic placement, and driver education and training. TransForce Group is here to help. Visit TransForceGroup.com to get on the road to success today.
1: One of the things I wanted to talk about, I kind of like to go into detail and working with other training facilities and, and other schools when it comes to bringing about the newest line of diesel technicians. Can you tell me a little bit about the, the mutual lines of communication? I, I, I'm realizing that you're probably talking to the schools a lot
2: and I guess helping them craft the, the next line of, of, of new techs. So, I mean, what are those conversations like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good question. And I, I would go out as far as U.S. Express only knows what the tech schools are doing based off of the relationship that we have with them. So we only know what we know. And then the tech schools only know our expectations based off of how much time that they spend with us. So they only know what they know. So for us to close the gap, which is the mutual relationship, right? It's in their best interest to place candidates, right? It's good for their recruiting. And then it's in our best interest to make sure that what they are developing in-house is going to fit us because that helps our, our talent pipeline. Um, so those, those lines of communication absolutely have to be open. And I would say the locations that we have the best relationships are, are the ones that we see the tech schools coming on site to U.S. Express. And then you also see our personnel going on site to the tech schools. And uh, it's not just, a, hey, we're showing up to a tech career fair. Right? If you're just showing up to a tech career fair and that's the first time that they've heard about your organization, you're too late, right? Um, if you're not, If you're not in the classroom, if you're not providing value uh, to the students in a different way other than just showing up to a uh, a career fair, you're already too late to the game, especially when you talk about tech recruiting.
1: yeah, I guess your role is is more of a in a marketing span as well, you know getting you know new talent in
2: no, I would say it is, and I would say uh, it, that's it's another good point because when people typically think of hr which is what talent management falls under the umbrella, uh, most of the time people think of uh, Uh, Administrative, Uh, you've got people that are going out and applying to a website, people are looking at resumes and then they're moving resumes um, to the hiring manager. Why that? It's still part of the process. There's a lot more to talent acquisition from a a marketing perspective um, to make sure that people understand the culture, understand um, the type of roles that we're looking for in the organization. Why would you want to come work for us and what are we looking for specifically? So there's a lot of other technology and other things that we have to leverage. Um, beyond just tech schools, which are definitely a big piece of it, but a lot of other partners to help us make sure that we can maintain our pipeline. Right, so demand is is definitely strong within within our market. So there's no question that we we need qualified technicians to keep our our drivers moving.
1: Kind of going into that next step of you know training school and then going into the job market. You know, I understand that U.S. Express has some incentive programs. You elaborate on that and just sort of the philosophy on attracting new talent in in that space.
2: Mm -hmm. Yep. And I would say some of them that we're doing and uh, would say pretty unique. Again, you're going to hear me continue to say about 12 to 18 months, which is where we really tried to to make a strong change in uh, our talent management practices. And again, tech's definitely being being a big big piece of it is um, let's say OEM. So uh, original equipment manufacturer curriculum. So new employees coming on or our current employees get an opportunity to continue their education and sharpening their skills kind of within their craft that they're in. And uh, again, with partnering with maintenance, we've been able to build a curriculum and provide employees. They have a, it's not mandatory, they can opt in. But we are providing those employees at least an hour every week to go be able to consume this type of curriculum because we know the more that they get educated, right? The further they can move up. So you started with us as a tech one, we're going to give you training, assuming you you have the aspirations to do it, to move into a tech two, same thing for tech two to tech three, but we're not just telling you to do it right. And uh, saying, do it in on your own time. We're also making time available while you're at work, why that's important and not necessarily just for sharpening their skills, but there's also some incentive behind that quarter by quarter. And uh, so far this year in 2020, We've had about 200 employees that have engaged in the OEM curriculum, which is accounted for about 12, 1,200 hours. Uh, another component, which I won't go into, but we also sponsored uh, or sponsor ASE, so Automotive Service Excellence Certifications, uh, as well certain requirements behind that as well. But we also, you know, we pay for that. We, we want people to continue to grow and expand because we know if they're happy and they're growing, they're going to stay with us, right? But they're also going to help us, again, get our equipment uh, to spec, get our drivers back on the road quicker. So then of course we can deliver. for
1: It just sounds like a, a win-win situation when it comes down to it. New technicians are trying to get into the market. And at the same time that the market is hungry for that type of labor. So I, the question I guess I'm asking is in providing those incentives, do you think that's the way to go going forward when it comes to hiring new talent? Will you need to, to bring in more incentives or do you see something
2: different on the horizon? So that's a, it's an interesting question, and it's hard to say that just incentive or sign on bonuses or boot allowances or I'm going to give you a toolbox or I'm going to give you X amount of tools is just it, right? I think that is a component of it, uh, but I think if you leave it just to incentives, that's good for maybe getting some people in the door, right? Converting them from another carrier to you, uh, but I think that's short term. Uh, I don't think that's what's going to keep your employees long term, and uh, within a market that finding technicians, uh, qualified technicians is very, very difficult. It's not just about getting them in the door, but it's what are you going to do with them when they're in the door, right? How do you care for them as an employee? How do you make sure that they feel valued? Um, And again, that's where I think some of this OEM curriculum, I think some of the sponsored ASE excellence awards, even how we even approach uh, performance management with this group that we do two cycles a year to make sure that they're getting feedback constantly uh, so they know where they can continue to improve. And it's not just... Hey, you need to go improve in this it's here's an opportunity for you to improve but we also have the mechanisms for you to be able to do that here so if you're interested in doing it you don't have to go search for it we have it here for you and we're, we're earmarking x amount of work hours for you to be able to do it should you be interested in going down that route so i think holistically that is a component is incentive to help some get in the door um, but I think there's gotta be a lot more to the, uh, to the talent strategy than that. Well, of
1: course, with, you know, retention efforts, you, you definitely want to keep that, that good talent that you recruited in. So, I mean, that's, I, I guess that would be half the equation. I think that would be a good place to, to, to leave things, Ralph. I, I really enjoyed you being on the show. Thank you very much for your, for your
2: knowledge. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. And, uh, again, we, we, we appreciate the time and, uh, we look forward to f- further discussions in the future.
0: Need mechanics? Transforce Group is here to help, from diesel mechanics to trailer and tire mechanics and more. We are responsive 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, nationwide. Our recruiters have more than 50 years of experience in the industry and know exactly how to ask the right questions and fill your mechanic needs. Visit transforcegroup.com forward slash employment solutions to learn more.
1: i like to welcome Ken Boyer, Dean of Auto Diesel Institute and Diesel Service Program Director at Baker College in Owasso, Michigan. Welcome to the program, Ken.
3: Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me on.
1: Glad to have you on. You know, Baker College, it's the only college in Michigan to have a master accreditation uh, for diesel service, and it's one of the reasons why we wanted you on the program. I, I just want to start off, Ken, just to let our audience know, tell us a little bit about the Institute.
3: Well, as you said, we're located in Owasso, Michigan. Um, we are a 40, 43,000 square foot facility. We've got two auto labs and three diesel labs in our facility. I've, I've got four full time instructors and three adjunct instructors. Our um, current enrollment this next year here for 2021 will be we've got about 70 students enrolled, and
1: uh, we'll, our, our enrollment is going up. So, so, I mean, is seventy uh, the 70 students that you have, is that the the part of the amount of students that you have every every year or every semester or so?
3: Well, we haven't had uh, – our enrollment is going up. We've changed our format here a couple of years ago to a cohort uh, uh, format. So our our students come in and stay in the same group through their curriculum, through their uh, time here. So they're either getting a certificate program, which takes a year, or they're getting an associate program, which takes about
1: a year and a half. You yeah, know, it's nice to – you know they have a growing amount of students wanting to get in, get into this particular field with you know an industry that's wanting you know technicians with with such um, acumen you know we'll we'll get into the you know the 3 diesel lab programs that you have at the school um but i i kind of want to ask you too aside from the the obvious trends in and talents that a technician would have to to complete such a job you know abstractly i guess what does it take to train a classic technician? What do you feel, in your experience, that a, a person who wants to get in this field, what type of attributes should they possess?
3: Well, they need to want to do it. they got to want to do it bad because, as we know, technicians are hard to find. Um, I've been in this industry for about 33 years, and uh, I've taught. I've worked with Navistar for almost 25 years and I've taught technicians through most of that, of, of that time. And it's, it, I know it's real difficult to find technicians that want to do that. Um, they have to, um, they have to want to do it. They have to understand that there's investment in themselves and investment in tools and time in order to, uh, you know, take this career on and, and and make it a career for the rest of their, for their lives. So um, right now we work on the students when they come in, we work on them to make sure that they understand what they're getting into. They understand that... Um, that um you know if this is what they choose to do they're gonna to have to invest in it. The biggest thing that I'm dealing with at the at the school right now is just to make sure that not only are the are we making sure that we're getting the students there, but we're also making sure that we've got good instructors there, that we've got current information and that we've got good advisory guidance from our advisory board. So when we put all that together, then we know that we can provide the students with
1: what they need. I'm glad they had mentioned that Ken. I, I want to kind of get into the, the moment of attracting students to the school. Um, you know, what are some of the things that you're doing specifically to you know, attract those students? And can you elaborate a little bit more on the, uh, the hurdles that you're, that you're running into when you're trying to uh, attract these students to the school?
0: Well, we
3: have certain criteria to, to, to come to our school, GPA requirements and stuff like that from high school. Um, but, you know, quite frankly, and I, and, I'm, and I know we're a small farm community uh, here in the middle of Michigan, but we get two to 300 applicants every year. And we have to go through those applicants to make sure that they meet the criteria. And if they don't, they can take some fast track program that we have. They can take the fast track program, which we have to, to bring them up to speed to get their GPA up to where they can go ahead and come to school. But out here, you know, I, I got admitted out here, uh, we don't have too many issues getting technicians or getting students uh, to want be technicians. We're a, we're a farming community. So we, we really have a good turnout. And like I said, we've got 70 students this semester um, or for this next year. But uh, we're looking at uh, probably a hundred uh, the year following so we know our enrollments have going, uh, are going up and, it, it, and it, like I said I, I, I quite frankly uh, got to admit that it's not been difficult to get students to come here because we're one of the only of two universities or schools that have diesel programs in the area and um, we've been very popular for that
1: you know can let's get let's get into the, the diesel service. Uh... The labs that you were describing in the beginning, um, just can you kind of give us a, a description, a, a brief description of, of the curriculum in those labs, if you could?
3: The Well, right now, of course, everybody starts off when we when they come here, they start off with a basic uh, electrical. They'll do brakes. They'll do suspension. And we have to run through the students, whether we got like electrical one and electrical two. So obviously we make sure those programs are back to back. Um to where they don't forget or do anything between the time to forget anything that they need to know to carry on for the next class. I know that as far as the curriculum goes, uh, we cover all the basics. We make sure that you know they're no, they understand PMIs, they understand fluid changes, they understand that the things that they need to know if they were walking into a fleet or walking into a dealership, um, we make sure that those types of activities that we know they're gonna be doing, whether it's changing out batteries or even mud flaps or starters or anything like that, we make sure that those are the kind of activities and those are the kind of things that we drive into the students to make sure that they can all do before they before they graduate. So it, it it sounds basic and it is basic, but when we talk to our advisors and we understand what the customers are looking for, those are the kind of things that they want to be able to do. They need to be able to change a break chamber. And um, unfortunately, you know, sometimes if they don't know how to do that, of course, obviously it it makes us look bad, but it makes any school look bad if you can't do the basic functions of uh, what the technician is going to be required to do or going to be asked to do when he walks into a
1: dealership or into a fleet. You know, when you, you were mentioning just kind of the, these, you know, future technicians have an expertise of, of, of doing the job. The the college that you're at is, you know, state of art facility. It's, you know, you, you have the, the most modern tools and I assume you are, you are speaking to the, those fleets and, and kind of you know, generating some mutual feedback on what's needed to, What's needed in the terms of training when when it comes to these students? Um, I mean, are you having those pr- uh, particular conversations with uh, you know trucking fleets? You, you're admitting the you know advisory board is in communication, you know, trying to specifically you know define you know, that curriculum. I mean, is that is that sort of a, is that feedback involved in that process?
3: Yes, I deal with several of our several of our advisors. Um, obviously, we're not having face to face meetings at this time, but for, we are going to have our first uh, virtual meeting here in the next month or so. Uh, so we can get started up back up with because um, we skipped the spring due to the due to all the uh, getting uh, uh, walked out of the school when we had to uh, go on lockdown yeah if it wasn't for the advisors uh, those guys steer us in the right direction they're telling us what we're looking for just like i said if it's a fleet we need to know we need to know they need to know uh, the foundational basics of, of a truck and everything around that truck um, and then of course if it's a dealership dealers often want a little bit more on the electrical side uh, lighting systems, things like that, more diagnostic equipment, stuff like that, uh, and how to operate and how to use the software. So
1: our performance classes get into that when we get to that level, when the student gets to that level. We, when you're talking about the particulars that uh, fleets are asking and about, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure technology is a, is a big core of that. Uh, I, I'm assuming that you know, just from your answer, you know, the, the things that you mentioned, the, you know, very, uh, it's very, you know, technology-based. I mean, is that, is that some of the things that the, the fleets are asking in, in a particular sense?
3: Yes, pretty much. I mean, uh, a lot of the dealers go into, uh, uh, as I mentioned, some of the electronics, knowing how to use the laptop, knowing how to use the software. Um, on the fleet side, we hear a lot more about the basics, um, some of the repetition stuff, the brakes, the brake chambers, um, PMIs, fluid changes, things like that, battery changes. That's what we get a lot out, uh, some of the feedback that we get from our fleet folks. The dealers were looking for a little bit more advanced, like I said, more of the electronic stuff, um, software stuff, um, auto transmissions, radar, things like that. They, they would like for us to be able to at least introduce the students to those components so they can at least identify what they are and, how, and what their functions are.
1: Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, going through the, you know, the website, you know, I see a lot of testimonials, uh, you know, one from Rider Transportation. Uh, you know, praising your your school for the the talent that you're you're bringing into the the workforce and also some uh, former alumni as well. I'm pretty sure you've gotten a lot of feedback from those alumni. What's that experience like?
3: It's all been real good. Um, We keep in touch with all of our alumni. We keep track of where, obviously where they're working. I even try to get out and try to visit some of them, if they're local, to see how they're doing. But they certainly are a big part in, and we bring those alumni into any open houses that we do, Things like that that we do at the school that we'll do both do twice a year. Um, obviously, not in person this year, but um, we do bring alumni in so they can speak to the upcoming students or the prospective students and give them, uh, you know, their thoughts on the school and what they learned and, and how you know what what the school did for them to be successful.
1: You know, one one of the things uh, I know on this podcast and in previous episodes, you know, we've talked about you know a lot concerning you know technology and of course the trucking industry, but um, I, I would be Negligent, especially in this age, to not ask about how the, this pandemic and, and the coronavirus, how you know that has um, you know hindered things when it comes to to training or, or is it at all?
3: Well, if you can see my face right now, I'm I'm trying to smile. We've got to make sure that we keep our distance, uh, the recommended distances. Um, we've got to make sure that the tools are cleaned uh, between uh, students using them. It, there is a lot of work involved with making sure that these students can come in and be as safe as possible. And the school has, we have our, obviously our own pandemic response team that, that we keep in touch with the, with the, with the state, uh, government, uh, to make sure that we're following all the rules, but it is, it has, um, there are challenges involved with that because we know these students need to be close together. They have to wear masks, they have to wash, they have to wash everything that we do. All the trucks have to be wiped down. The tools have to be wiped down. It's it's a lot of challenge and it takes a lot of time, but we were able to do it over our summer when we learned a lot about what we needed to do for pandemic reasons or for pandemic issues, and um, we're starting to fall that way a little bit smarter than maybe some of the schools that didn't have the summer to learn that. What advice could you give
1: to other schools, or, or how do you think other schools could work with fleets and other companies that are needing technicians to streamline the process where they're giving feedback to the fleets are giving feedback to schools on what they need for a technician. Like what, what type, if, if if there's anything that could be done to to better streamline that process.
3: Well, I think at at now the you know, other than the pandemic and the issues and the and the, and the uh, challenges that we have there, uh, it's imperative that you keep your advisors close to your chest. That you talk with those people, and I talk to them sometimes weekly. Um, because we have a lot of companies that come to us looking for technicians obviously and when we try to get those job postings and make sure the students are always aware of everything that's going on out there and who's hiring and, and what's going on. but I couldn't I couldn't exist. I couldn't we couldn't exist. we couldn't um, uh, have our curriculum to where it's at which it, it always needs to be improved. but um, it's the, it's the advice from the our advisory board that helps us the most with making sure that we're providing and I'm gonna say our customers, but those fleets, and those dealerships with what they need if 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 i if if i try to do it by myself or anybody were to try to do it by themselves and decide that they know exactly what everybody needs they're going to be wrong just let us know if i think a good track to go down is a good track you know if i think something needs to be done um our advisory boards are always or our advisors are always good to let us know that you know what that's a good idea that's a great idea but this is what we need and they may steer me and have steered me down in another direction so it's uh it's imperative that those individuals, um, you keep them close to you, and um, you listen to what they say, because they're the ones that have to uh,
1: make sure that their customers are are being uh, satisfied. We've been speaking with Ken Boyer, Dean of the Auto Diesel Institute and Diesel Service Program Director at Baker College. Ken, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you for joining the program.
3: Okay, thanks, Michael. Thanks for asking me on.
0: Did you know you can ask Alexa to open Transport Topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics.
1: Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original questions. What are training facilities doing to bring in new technicians into the workforce? And what are our fleets doing to help prepare and attract that talent to join the changing workforce environment? As we've heard from our guests, it's definitely a partnership between the fleets and the training schools. Quite simply, the better the communication, the better the tech. While most schools, like the Otto Easel Institute at Baker College, don't necessarily have a major problem attracting students, the fleets are in constant competition to recruit those students. There lies the connection. As fleets provide the best crafted partnerships with tech schools, the results will lead to a more refined diesel technician. However, as the new tech lands in the workforce, It's up to those fleets to provide incentives to recruit them and continuous training to retain that talent. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with more of our special report on workforce development. Until then, I'm Michael Fries. Thank you for listening.